this fantasy in my head that right. every you know Sunday night you guys are rushing out to get <laughs> to get the new song done. Well, we, we we are rushing out a lot, but we're but we have a long backlog of material, so we are kind of having a slow motion panic attack because we haven't finished all the songs for the year, but we're not we're not on the deadline of having to get the one done that is coming out that week. We're basically, you know, we, we have a backlog of probably of, I don't know, 20 songs or something now. Or it's a much bigger game of like 3D chess than, than the, the, the Dial Song Project has become a much stranger thing than it sounds like on the surface. I mean, I think if we were, there would be a, a an incredibly, um, uh, it would be so sweet if it really was just staying up really late on a Sunday night, um, making sure that like we got a good yeah, song. Doing the work. Right. Well, that was what the Homestar Runner guys. Used. They they would work on deadline right up until the day when the you know every week their thing. Yeah, came I, out and, and in a way, I'd I think we should figure out a way to actually do that at some point. But but not quite in this format because I think part of the thing what's happening now is we actually do have enough material to finish out the year but what we're really concerned about is in improving the quality of the material that has yet to come out so i think you know we we want to get more songs in there that are of good high quality so the sort of non-top shelf material can be pushed gently aside you know so so this is this is what we're doing now is we're, we're, we're yeah we're, it's a it's a it's such a strange uh culture that we live in now because also there is this kind of high fidelity in uh youtube comment section reality to anything like i thought when we started this the way it would be taken in it would just be like oh this is cool you know but of course now all the comments are just like i like last week's song better you know <laughs> and it's all just about kind of comparing the the material yeah. to itself yeah, yeah. and trying to figure out how to where to place the material like all the interest and activity is is kind of about how to quantify it or or qualify it you know like and uh and it's not really about just taking in the material yeah, i suppose it's it's we're in the position of those those uh shows tv shows we're talking about where they they have an episode every week but they're obviously their lead time is is many months. It's it's a little. Uh, bit, I, I mean, I assume it's a little bit different in in this case. It's it, the lead time is a little less prolonged than if you know if you guys have to put out we could, an album of eighteen songs. Yeah, right? we could we could fiddle around with it, but but we have a we have a buffer partly for our own peace of mind. We have a we have a bunch of songs, you know. Bef we don't we never put it right up to the line just yeah. because we'd have a heart attack. I think. Well, and also we have to deliver the, we have to deliver stuff to iTunes like six mm -hmm. weeks in advance. Like they they right. don't they can't just put it up. I mean, we don't have the Beyonce bat phone, right? So we have to be at least six and, songs uh, ahead. But yeah, you know, and so and six songs is a I mean that's a month and a half is a pretty long lead time to kind of figure out what what you want to do. Yeah. But you know, the other day I did put out a bunch of index cards with song titles with the songs that are in the works on it, and you know, put like a little stars by the really good ones. And, right. And sort right. Of you want to you want to sort of you know, there's plenty of time in the in the year now to. To make the end of the year really go out with a bang, you know. It's, it's so it's sad to feel like I feel like you know our approval is like so provisional, you know. It just <laughs> it, it's everything's still a test, you know. It's like, right, right. Well, you failed the audition, boys. <laughs> that, that's what. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this earlier too. I was thinking about you know just in terms of um, 
you know, what I put out in the world, and I assume this is the, the case with you guys, like, if you're not constantly getting something in front of people's faces at all times, they don't know that you're doing a thing. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we've, and we've, then them yeah. specifically, like, you could put out in the world, you could promote it as much as possible, but if it's not in front of that person's face, like, they might not even know you're a band anymore. Oh, we can, we can even work, you know, continuously for the past 30 years. <laughs> um, and there's still a surprising number of people who, who are like, so where have you guys been all this time? Like, what, yeah. you know... What like have this, you done since Don't Let's Stop? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that is, we've literally heard that from people that... that they, that's the way. They were like, oh, it must be sweet, you know, being on vacation all these years. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we're... we're there are two things we do. We, we, we stay home and write and record, yeah. and then we go out on the road. And, and they're both part of... The same thing, yeah, More, exactly, so. yeah. Um, you, you don't you don't strike me as as people who need you know deadlines or parameters just from the standpoint of again like you guys have been working very very steadily. Well, a dead a fixed deadline is actually a good yeah. thing, and I, and that helps me quite a lot because um, because I, I would just fool around. I work a lot slower if I don't have a deadline. Um, so I, I know you know John is not too different from me in the way he works. But if we if we get a job like if somebody says you know. We want you to make a car ad for us, you know. Um, just, just the the generic, you know, kind of job thing like that is like okay, that really focuses you. You know, it's not necessarily the the closest thing to your heart, but it, but you uh, you know exactly what it is you're supposed to do. You know, it's it's very it's the terms are very set. That's the way it was with the Disney yeah. stuff. Yeah, like that the, was that was those were actually like we were actually recording whole albums essentially on deadline because they would present like delivery dates that they needed it by mm -hmm. and they were like they were totally not kidding right um so whereas we're kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know what's interesting is that i think from the moment we got off of electra a couple of things changed really for the better for us i mean and they're so knotted up together it's hard to know like which which thing was the most influential but basically we started taking on outside work doing like work for hire for television like we did incidental music for Malcolm in the Middle which was a huge weekly assignment like with crazy deadlines and lot and and literally just sort of pounding out music um you know some very good some incredibly ungood but <laughs> but you know it was all it all sounded like music and um you know at the same time um home computer digital music making technology just really jumped up from being kind of like uh, making your demo with a drum machine to actually being able to almost capture like um, all the eccentricities of a demo recording and export it directly into a finished piece of recorded work which was fantastic you know that really I think was a very exciting it's really exciting to when I think about how many years we just toiled in this sort of precious demoitis world trying to figure out how to keep some fragile idea from getting destroyed by a, a fancy recording studio um, and often kind of failing. Um, and then, like, you know, the final thing is just, um, you know, just having uh, not getting out of the, the thing of making an album every two years. There was this thing where we were just it does kind of freeze you up to think like this is the only important official music we're mm. going to be making for two you know with our name on it for two years which was the kind of write record tour cycle of the major label deal um so all those things kind of happened around 2000 
and since then it's just been a very kind of loosey goosey world. So, thank you, Napster. <laughs> does it, you know, does it, does it, does it feel to some degree like less important or you know less, I guess, less like historical? You know, there's a difference between. Again, do, taking this long process, putting putting an album together, and then this just being your album forever. Versus, again, you know, we're putting out fifty two things this year. Um, right. They might just kind of sort of exist on the internet for a little well, while. Well, I, I think, I mean, as you maybe can infer, we're we're still completely uptight about the <laughs> the, the keeping the quality control yeah. together. Not that I mean, nothing to say about whether we're successful. I think, <laughs> like you know, if I could somehow stand on the outside of this project, I might see it differently but i feel like we are doing good work um and we're really really concerned about doing good work and and i and and, you know in the same way that we're saying like you're only you're judged completely on on the basis of your last thing you did that that we still take that idea very seriously we don't we don't uh you know i mean we the weird thing was actually in some ways when we when we started i think we were probably more happy-go-lucky in certain ways or we certainly were more um rate rangy in the way in the mm. way that in, you know what was considered appropriate material for you know for the project i think now now we're kind of like oh no no no, no. it's got to be it's got to be better than that what you know? was it what you know was was there sort of the perception of, of I, I guess in those days you, you guys figuring out what they might be giant song was versus now like it's i mean they, obviously they all sound different I mean, I, but it's I, clear I, I hate to think that we that we've we've narrowed yeah but i think we we do have a sense of that it has to be of a certain quality because yeah. we know people are listening. Maybe maybe that's the main difference, you know, that we we're, we're very aware that that there's there is still an audience, you know, and we want to keep them keep them interested. You know. I, I I was talking to somebody about this uh, about this recently, actually. Um, uh, the the guy who hosts the moth the, the moth podcast mm-hmm. yep. was uh, was was trying to f- to find the name of the track where uh, the two people call into oh, dial yeah, a song. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. I mean, is that is that something? Do you feel like that that could Exist now on a They Might Be Giants record? Are the, oh, I see. Where, where they're trying to figure out, like, what? Yeah, what the hell is going on? I, in this I thing hope. They I hope that we we can find something else as good as that. Yeah. To put on a record that that was that was a high watermark yeah. for us. But you know, and yeah, it certainly wouldn't be disqualified on the basis of too fucked up. You know, I mean, it's 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 really a wonderful yeah. wonderful recording. Um, I don't know, the, the, like a like there was a few years ago. Uh, you, we did a, a sound check where you ended up doing like an improvisational song that was like eight minutes long called "Somebody Took My Eyeball." Oh yeah, that I it was really sad that we actually never had the only versions of it that exist. There's not the the actual original thing, which mm-hmm. was really like it was as weird as anything I've ever heard. Right, um, does not exist in the world, mm. which made me very sad. But there are there's there are some uh, there's some high watermarks of sort of uh, I mean what what do you call that kind of material exceptional you know asterix material right now you have to put an asterisk by it right it was on steroids well I think that that track the the track with the the people calling in didn't have a name it's just the number on the Untitled yeah it was number yeah. thirteen it was I track think, number thirteen yeah, yeah on the on the compilation thing but yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's Next just, question. It, it, it's you know, it, see, it seems in a way like it's sort of almost taking a baby step toward 
the, the instant delivery that a lot of people are doing. You know that you're still you're still running it through the the machine that you've developed. Oh yeah, that was the, it's the it is the philosophy of dial a song that has driven this. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's at the core of everything we've ever done. But in, but now we're kind of explicitly saying like, this is who we are. This is the this is the philosophy of the band. Is like, you know, what is suggested by the original dial a song where you call up a, a phone number and listen to a song, you know, yeah, what, what every, is, what is everything the, that implies. Yeah. But what is, what is the, what the hell was the that? Two? Um, <laughs> Other, you know, there, 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 there's the name, there's the sort of the, I guess well, the regularity. This, of this it. is what I think. This is what it suggests to me. Yeah. Um, number one, you have this direct relationship to the music. Like you're, it's, it's, it's something that's happening. Somebody's making this music and you're kind of tunneling into, mm. to get it. And it's not being, you know, Dial Song didn't have any intermediary. Like it was, it was just, you know, it was like the idea of like, like you, you, you chip through the cave wall, and there's another cave, and there's some weirdo in the other cave. Yeah, but it's also like it's know. not, it's not broadcast, it's not curated, right. it's not, it's not presented by. And I think you know, one thing that was very different about doing something like that in the '80s was that the entire world was broadcast curated by and gate and yes. the, and the you know the gatekeepers were standing ever vigil now we live in a world where it's just like a a thousand noisemakers coming at you so it's a little bit uh you know with with all the chaos around it's 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 hard to feel right. like that's a refreshing idea because you know at this point it's a you know culture seems just like you know, it's is is a lot more like panhandling and a lot less like um, you know, culture. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, in a way, it, it, there's plenty of stuff like dial a song in the world. So, but but I think you know we we that doesn't make it any less interesting for us. I think you know we still feel like that's a, that's a way that's an attitude that you can have about your music is that it's just something to put out there and not to um, to sort of market in some you know I mean. The crazy thing is that we do market ourselves. We are absolutely in the world of commercial music production, and yet I think we are sort of, um, in in some fundamental way, we kind of like the idea that this is just like, you know, some like bedroom tape recorder project that that is still going. You know, um, that wasn't really intended for for to Massive. get a record deal <laughs> out of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, this is this is something that I've been I, I've been thinking about a lot uh, as it pertains to podcasting for obvious reasons. But um, you know, I think a lot of people are doing really exciting things in that medium. But the one thing that is really I don't want to say impossible, but that n- nobody's really really captured about radio um, that is what drew me to the medium in the first place was this. Um, you know, I, I was a, a, a DJ for a while, and I had a late night show, and I used to drive around. And the example that I always use, because I was hooked for years, is the Art Bell show. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and just the idea of of you know just flipping through the AM dial, yeah. and then this thing, you don't know what it is, you have no context for it, you don't know if you're ever going to hear it again. Right. And that's yeah. that's something that maybe doesn't really that's exist totally on the internet. That's totally what Art Bell was. And the great thing was, not only was Art Bell a UFO. But his, but once you knew about him, his callers were even more like that. They were, yeah. they were. Who the hell were they? They were just like, you, you know, somebody. I mean, occasionally, I guess he'd recognize somebody who'd called before. Yeah. He's like, oh, right. hey, Eddie, you know. Yeah. But they all had these mutually exclusive conspiracy theories or sort of UFO yeah. theories that that. And Art Bell's thing was he was sort of like the air traffic controller. 
for all the UFOs. Yeah, I was, I was, I, you know, I went back. Uh, I had a. Uh, are you guys familiar with, with uh, Night Vale, the um, podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. um, I, I, we talked about this on on a recent episode, so I went back and, and listened to it, and, and he had a uh, open line for time travelers specifically to call uh-huh, it. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> well, it, um, I, I want to circle back to Art Bell in just a second, but <laughs> but. Um, but what you were saying about hearing Art Bell for the first time reminded me very much. I was of an experience I had in the in the halcyon days of They Might Be Giants. I was driving Chet Grant of the Jickets El Camino through the Lower East Side, uh, which in the early 1980s, mid 1980s, probably doing a show at like I don't know why I was driving his car, but um, I was like picking up something for the show. Right. Uh, that we were doing with the Jickets, and um, which was a crazy band that we worked with a lot. We opened for them a bunch, and um, the song "We Built the City" came on the radio, and it was the first time I had ever oh, heard the song. song. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. brand new song, yeah. and I think it might have even included like a novelty open where it it actually name checked the radio station that was being played. It might have been wow. W. Uh, like WNBC AM or something like that right. and it actually because it was like an AM radio in this El Camino and I remember I actually pulled over the car because I thought I would never hear the song again <laughs> and it just seemed like such a strange right. piece of music it seemed really really commercial in this sort of Christian rock kind of way right, right. That, but, it, but also just epically unbelievable yeah, yeah. and just uh, sort of just uh, you know it just so, so, so like audacious as yeah. a as a as a song you thought it was so bad that it would just fall off I, I just didn't know i thought you know the you know my 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 so head was imp- and play this yeah my head was yeah. imploding yeah. and um and it just when you were saying that thing about art yeah. bell it just reminded me of of that experience completely because it was and then of course like it just became a ubiquitous song that everybody knows and i guess now I just a couple of years ago I saw that there was like a list of the worst songs oh, it's of all time, the worst of and it and yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. shows up on that, yeah. which which kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's in this category of, of you can't it can't be an obscure song, I guess, if it's the worst song. Yeah, ever. it's got to be people got to know. There are a lot of plenty of bad songs that nobody knows, right, right. but it's funny to and then. And we'll get back to Art Bell in just a second. <laughs> I didn't intend to specifically talk about Art Bell. Just I don't know. I want to. I was in. I was in. I was in Spotlight. I was in main drag guitar uh, in uh, in Brooklyn uh, like a couple of years ago, and I was looking to buy an amplifier, and they had this um, this Marshall head, like a, a you know a big amplifier, and. It was actually a really good deal, and it was a, a kind of a very specific kind of amp that I wanted. To, I was very interested in getting, and then I realized it had it had like a, you know, kind of like road tags on it, and it had previously been owned by Marty Ballin of the oh, Jefferson really? Starship, yeah. and and my wife actually forbid me. <laughs> To, to really? Buy it. Yeah. Really? She was like, like she was like, that's yeah, that's yeah. not coming in our door. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was like, you know, yeah. you don't want a Jefferson Starship. You don't want to make music like in the tradition. Like, what if that's communicable? You know. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, I mean, that was. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to add to the art building, but but my, that was sort of my roundabout way of, of just um, saying. I mean, it sounds like because that that's that that I think was one of the things that was exciting about yes. Dial Song in the first place. I was, think we we've had that experience. Over and over again, With the of, art of, bell of, of music. Well, not I don't mean just about us, but I mean stuff that yeah. we like yeah. is often that thing where, and this is what I wanted to say about Dial a Song is that we're not something that's being 
we can be your private discovery, you know, like that. That's sort of the. I mean, I I don't know whether that's being successfully yeah. put forward by Dial Song, but that was also the idea of Dial Song that 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 you you explore, you know, Gloria, woman, just randomly calling numbers to find out what the hell it is, stumble on this thing, and you get to have this exciting experience of being like I I might be the only person who even knows about yeah. this, you know, kind of experience. Is is that uh, it's something again like it's it's so hard to create now, especially. I mean, YouTube. You know, you literally you see every single person who's looked at it, and they're they're all making comments. So, so the right. idea that it's just sort of a a, a one off. I mean, probably it doesn't really make sense from a fiscal standpoint. Anyway, from that point, I you think, guys are. You know, in some ways, uh, even when it says a billion views on YouTube, yeah. If you're just reading some of the comments, it sort of feels like it's not that many mm. people who are commenting at yeah. any given time. So it, it also it has a certain intimacy anyway, like just in that little crowd of people who are yeah. in that day's comments, you know. So I mean, I, I think that functions in a similar way. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's one of the, I, it's probably a large part of the reason why you guys have had such a loyal fan base is this um, th- this idea that you know you 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 get to a certain level, but you can still just belong to them, mm-hmm. you know, versus you know. Yes, we are your band. <laughs> Well, that's a tricky bit of business in the culture, though. I mean, when I think about being in college, I remember there was this whole controversy around around XTC going mainstream, which was Mm. such a comical idea in retrospect. It's because XTC never came close to even... Well, did, they, did, they, they, a, did they have a, a radio hit? Dear, dear God, I think it was. Oh right, but, no, dear but this God, was yeah. this was like this was years before Way that. Before that yeah. But this was this is back when they were like truly just kind of moving out of uh, sort of you know the opening slot for U two mm-hmm. into just maybe headlining right. their own shows. But um, it was this classic. Um, you know, suspicion of the thing that's double cool kind of moving over. I mean, there's a part of rock culture that's actually kind of dead at this point because there just isn't even enough. There is, there's, it's hard to even differentiate. Everything's so marginalized. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's, um, there is no big time in, in music anymore. But, um, so it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's, uh, it's like, you know, what, what is that? What is that expression? Two bald men fighting over a toupee or something like that. Oh yeah, who said that? that? I don't know. It was a fun, I just heard it. I'd never heard it before. Maybe it's something that people have been saying for decades. No, I just heard that expression, and it, and it was yeah. I'm forgetting. It I, wonder, I want to remember what that was about. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's like uh, that. That's what music. It's like, like that. Yeah. I mean, one of the thing, things that's that's been fascinating me about the, the internet recently. Again, I think Nightville is a good example of this, where wherein you cannot have heard of something. And the minute you discover it, you realize that there are millions of mm-hmm. people. Like the, how how deep these specific subcultures get, yeah. but how blocked off everything are. And, and I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys are a bit of a precursor to that. To, you know, this. Well, this is the here's the other part of that, which is, um, I think there are a lot of bands that I won't mention their name. Um, I'll whisper them that, into the microphone. That, that have a sort of cult yeah. quality, but that is partly based on this sort of insider status. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I mean, I feel like this kind of crystallized for me recently. Like I was thinking about these particular bands, and I'm not going to talk about their name. Are these um, like fancy, pretentious art art school rocker kind of bands? Oh, maybe, yeah. Double could be cool. That. Like, could be that. Yeah. They don't need no publicist. Like exactly. And part of the idea is that you're either in or out. Like yeah. if you get it, or you or you're a square. You yeah. know. And I think that was another thing that we deliberately avoided. Like we we. We really didn't 
follow that particular course because part of it would have involved uh, not ever uh, cracking a smile, like having a total, total, like straight faced, like this is, you know, this is a very important thing. And I don't think we 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 certainly didn't feel that way about it ourselves. We felt like you know everything is everything is you know. Are you as, speaking about a metaphorical smile or an actual, um, like holding a pose? I would a, say really it's holding like pose. 80% metaphorical in that uh-huh. expression. You, you guys, um, I mean, you guys really went in the exact opposite direction when, when, you know, I mean, I, like many people my age, remember you from the Tiny Toons show. And, sure. you know, you do, I mean, when you start doing albums for kids, that's, that's running in the complete opposite direction of that, right? That's really saying to people like, "This is literally for anybody who can listen to music." Yeah, I mean that wasn't why, but I think we, I think we 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 were sort of thinking a that we couldn't really be we couldn't really fake that, but b I I don't I think maybe you know in in fake what? being like being cool cool being like the oh. band that's the the reason why you should like us is because we're so damn cool, you know. And, you're not gonna fake anything, man. You should definitely fake being cool. Well, you know, <laughs> um, but then it would still be fake, you know. Yeah. And I mean, not that, you know. I mean, apparently, it's a great story about the Beatles meeting Elvis, where they 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 suddenly realize like he's gonna realize that we're silly. <laughs> we're stop. silly. Yeah. Like like as soon as he sees us, yeah. he'll know. You know. Um, so I think that there is a thing where nobody ultimately is is everybody knows they're ultimately not cool. But I, but I think. There are bands that successfully put out this thing, and this is this is their part of their platform. Is like, you know, yeah. you, you know, that's what you're buying into. And I and I realized, I think we realized early on that we that we we couldn't do that, and we didn't want to do that. We didn't like that. You know, um, you know, getting back to this idea of exposure, and you had, you had briefly mentioned before. Um, I don't know if this was a specific example, but you had mentioned doing a, a car commercial, recording something for a car mm-hmm. commercial. Yep. Um, w- was that, you know, punk rock roots or anything else? Was that at something at th- that at some point in your career that you wouldn't have done? Yeah, we 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 declined to do um, an ad for Crazy Eddie uh, in the '80s before we even. I think we didn't even have a record out. I'm, yeah, um, but you know, this the the thing is. I want to get back to Crazy Eddie. And yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Finish your thought. Well, I, this is you, this is a parenthetical thought that you're that you're having about well about the this idea of selling out. Right? Well, uh, the thing is, we have been doing this for so long that the kind of the idea that we walked into our careers with, like the preset about songs being placed in various ways, has shifted so much. Not only in the culture, but I think for us, and and there are a bunch of specific things that have happened, and I think, um, you know, we've, you know, we're just an active band in the world, and we get, you know, things get sort of thrust upon us, and we have to respond to it, whether we want to, or not, whether it makes us feel comfortable or not, and I think one thing I've noticed is that we are much more comfortable with the idea of creating something new for any project you know when the people call up and say like we want you to do a theme for like a cable tv show and it's called you know amazing vacation homes and you're just like oh sure that seems interesting (laughs) whatever you know it's just like another kind of small creative challenge and that is a much that is not something that we like wrestle over or think about and it's actually not even something that we necessarily like do for the the money because the money's not like usually that great it's just um like I mean, even something like like Malcolm in the Middle, like Malcolm in the Middle was a was a demo. 
Like the actual song was just mm. a demo for a pilot, you know. So that was like that was not something they were like going like, oh, this is going to be, you know, this will be a, a real career shift. Right, or do a good job. Yeah. So it was just like you know, it was just kind of a casual thing, but the the idea that you know of making another thing is kind of interesting to us. I think you know yeah. making a song that's going to be on TV seems kind of fun. Like that actually, I don't think we're so neurotic or like controlling that we feel like oh people will misunderstand the context it's just like no it's just it's just a way to do stuff i think what what's interesting is that the it's actually the having our songs like songs that already exist being placed inside other th- sort of mm. nested inside other bits of culture is actually something that causes us a lot more anxiety because I feel like that's where we're actually kind of losing control of the mm-hmm. the spin of what's happening right like, you know we don't want to be recontextualized like we we like we like being part of making the context of the thing like even if that thing's a TV show that other people are putting together it's like there's something kind of you're still in the sort of this creative enterprise whereas having some like movie some teenage movie just kind of grab your song and like you know, Right, it. you become the hood ornament, and then you're associated at, with that. Basically. Yeah, and that's so. It's like actually, it's the appropriation part, which is probably a better industry to be in anyway. Like right. you know, I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, we're so, we're we're so bad at this. Like, um, <laughs> you know, like nobody's nobody's excited about making incidental music for television shows. Um, but you know, but for some reason we've been, you know, we're just drawn to the. The, the small time stuff. It, 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 seem, it seems to get back to what we were talking about at the beginning. That this idea of um, you know of needing needing parameters, you know, needing mm-hmm. uh, needing to know what you're building in order to actually set out to, to build something right. and not just sort of stare at a you know blank sheet of paper or whatever. Is, yes. Is that um, is that part of what what's what's driven in the past or you know what got you? guys into making an album for kids or making these sort of like themed sets of music i think that we you know it changed over time because in the very beginning we had way too little of a brand to Hmm. to already be repurposing it or recontextualizing it it was it was like we were trying to identify ourselves early on this is what i the reason i brought up the crazy eddie thing was yeah we were invited a lot of people who are old enough might remember from New York this yeah, yeah. this particular guy who sold stereo equipment and I guess the guy who was the announcer wasn't Crazy Eddie but he, everyone had the impression that he was he was sure. screaming at the camera and he had a super wide angle lens on him and he was just t- he might have even said I'm Crazy Eddie at some point in well, the he course. referred to Crazy Eddie in the third yeah. person oh, okay did he okay right. yeah yeah so we were asked you know so I don't know where this came from but we were invited to to do a a theme Hmm. for Crazy Eddie and and which is so weird is like you know like nowadays that would be like oh yeah that would be <laughs> that would be kind of an interesting well, it, job it, like <laughs> Crazy Eddie seems a lot cooler now than it did, than it did at the time yeah. you know at the time it was like an impressive thing everybody had to sit through these commercials it was, they were on all the time yeah. and we were completely unknown so I think for, as far as we were concerned it was just like oh we're going to be just the irritating soundtrack to this guy it would be like you know, being the soundtrack to like the trivago is that what it's called <laughs> the guy with yeah. the yeah, no yeah. belt and the yeah that's exactly. such a yeah. weird commercial that would have been the ultimate though again like you know like <laughs> trivago call us right. we got ideas <laughs> but, but that would be the ultimate you know uh, uh, 
being this thing that just sort of, you know, existed very briefly that everybody who saw it in the 70s or 80s, you know, knew that song that you oh, yeah, created yeah, yeah, yeah. and now no, it's just no. not we, around we, we'd anymore. We'd be boasting about it now. If we had done it, we'd be like, yeah, we did the, we did the, remember that? That was us. Right. But, you know, but at the time, also the whole th- when you think about, I, I guess it's really just the effect of the beat that the Beatles had over the commercialization mm. of music, or the the kind of the cross, the crossing of music into popular things, because that that was really considered. I, I don't think it was until like the Red Hot Chili Peppers did like a Nike ad or something. Yeah, there was a so there were some very serious walls kicked down in like right. the mid 80s late 80s sure. that uh you know we were not just generationally like we're stuck you know we're stuck like in the you know black sabbath era just going like <laughs> i don't know man it seems like it seems kind of uncool you know it's just like we just couldn't get our heads around the idea yeah. of having our songs placed right you know and ultimately, like these days, people just think of it as like that's the way you find out about new stuff. Like right. that's 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 you know their bands, new bands that just that's what they that would be like the best day of their yeah. career. And would that be. would have been true in 1950 as well, but it just wasn't true in 19 you know 80. Like it's a, it's like, but it's also just so strange. I mean, I mean, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it seems like the, the, the new. It seems, it, seems, it seems like the new Dial Song project is sort of the closest to kind of getting, stepping away from your brains for a little while in terms of like, or or, or at least in terms of like these these sort of preconceived notions that you've had. Well, it's just a new, it's a new kind yeah. of format. I, I don't think, I don't think we're, it's a drastic departure in yeah. terms of where we're coming from or what, what we're trying to get across, but, but, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a new and interesting way to work, you know, and it, it might turn out. I mean, you know, as John was saying, like we're getting these weekly reports back, and it might sort of feel like eventually, well, maybe this. I mean, there was something nice about putting out an album all at once, which is that people would be swamped with however many songs, and then they'd sort through them and kind of make sense out of it. But now it's almost like there's this forensic <laughs> dissection going on, and uh, it could be good or bad. Yeah. You know, we've we've had experiences in the past where we put out material before the album that it kind of blew up in our faces a little bit because people as good as the songs were or as good as the album versions were the fact that we'd put out previous versions sort of undermined the impact of it a little bit you know and this isn't that because these are the exact same recordings um but it's just you know it's every every way you work is different you know and 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 you don't know what it's like to be on the receiving end you know i don't know what it's like to be a fan of them i mean i, I would love to i'd love to not be me and actually just <laughs> listen to the songs and i like these songs experience. so much i wish i could just listen to yeah, them as yeah yeah exactly well, yeah. i really i the thing i i i really uh, adore about this whole dial song project for the 2015 is just um the idea that Every every week, there's more, you know another thing to just kind of contemplate coming from yeah. the, from the band. It's like it it, it I can already t- I I just I feel like you know it's it it is not it is not important to me that like every song we do be better than the previous week's song, but it it, it does <laughs> excite me to see how animated people are and just like how yeah. delighted people are because I feel like um, you know as much as I love you know making albums. It it is sort of a lost format at this point, and the way people like take things in and sort of just 
the way people live on their computers. It's a, it's like people live on their computers with social media, and that's the cult. The way they take in culture is through social media, and having something like this just puts us squarely in that place, and that's 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 a fine place to be. I mean, it seems like it's a it's appropriate to this crazy moment that we're in. I, I, I assume too. <laughs> you know, I, I assume that that in 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 some ways, certainly not in others, but in some ways, that being in in a band is like any other job or like any relationship where, um, you know, you need to spice things up from from time to time, right? I mean, especially it's like being in a relationship that's a job. <laughs> We've all been, you know, there. prostitute. <laughs> it's the old. It's the oldest profession. Oldest profession. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess you know for us, and I know you guys have both done some some other projects on the sides, but you guys have are constantly coming back to this, mm-hmm. um, and and that's always been the most amazing amazing thing to me is you know, and, and it seems like I'm, I'm sure that somewhere in there you guys have taken it somewhat of a break at some point, but it just seems to have been this Not pretty really. no. We, okay. we, we uh, well, my, you know, the school the school holidays are, are yeah are, okay. Go off to go off and travel bank, bank travel holidays and, yeah. yeah 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 bank holidays yeah so, but, those but, are great. Finish your question. What's your? I mean, you're just saying like how do we stand? Well, well, well yeah. I mean, that, certainly that that's part of it. And and there was there was just there was like a mind melt. There was a mind there was a mind <laughs> melt moment here where you literally you know did a parenthetical to <laughs> to a thought that 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 oh, he was well, we, having. We've done interviews before. Yeah. So, so, well, I know. But, I was, what I'm saying, but you know, it's like for 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 most people, the way to sort of get get you know get out of get out of your head and and to sort of breathe breathe some air into it. It's just just sort of like. Like yeah, go yeah, out yeah. And, and you know just work with somebody else entirely on on something else completely right. different. Yeah. Well, we know we do. We pretty much mostly work together. I, I don't. You know. I mean, we write we write songs individually, but we but it's all for this project. We you know we had a period in the uh, late '90s where we did some so we each did some solo projects. Yeah. Um. Uh. But this has been you know this is. John and I are going to be associated with one other, another, like after we're dead. I'm sure um, that's just what it is. Uh, you know, I think it's. I think we're lucky. You know, we yeah. we, we 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 figured out a good, a really good um, uh, sort of method of working together, and it makes it. It's very easy. You know, it's like a. It's a very easy relationship. Yeah, um, I mean that, that, that's a thing. You know that, that that that's a thing that I keep coming back to, and you know you don't. As as somebody who writes, you don't have that opportunity as much. But you you need uh, somewhere in your life, you need you know you need collaborators, you need partners. Whether it's whether it's like a, again mm-hmm. like a relationship or a band or some sort of project you're working on, like it's almost impossible to do anything totally on your own. Well, I think like you know the music culture doesn't give a lot of uh, doesn't dwell a lot on um, you know. Creating a supportive environment, <laughs> or like you know that right. that you know it's an interesting thing because obviously, you know, it was really good that Ringo Starr was in the Beatles. Oh, you, you know, oh, yeah, you might say music culture does more than other. Like there's there's a great man theory in almost every yeah. right, department but, but, except for music, where you have this paradigm of the band, which only really started with uh, the Beatles. I well, think, but it know. does both. It goes both ways because like I think the thing is. There's so much hero worship of individuals in rock music, but anybody who's in a band knows that cooperation's a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And then 
that sort of layered on top of it is the final weird like um you know gang uh power of like something like the Beatles which is like but that's just like a four-headed god kind of thing yeah, or right. you know two and a half or three or three great great men right you know I mean that's what people uh, no but I mean in a sense it, you know it, it, it's a band but people people still single that out people you know people still want to look at the kinks and you know try to figure out if Ray Davies was was a genius in that band you know it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, that but, idea but, still plays but, in there but as as Ray I think I, I think Flan said this like every band Ray has Ray Davis, he's, he's brilliant. Um, Davies. Oh, um, I don't know. How, I don't know how to say his name. I thought you were good. I think that's an English thing. Yeah, that's a weird. Oh, okay. Thing. I thought I thought you were actually no, no, um, no, no. you were dissing him in no, no, a, in a no, subtle no. and interesting way. Yeah, Ray Davis, he's a genius. Um, no, I was going to say like, and I think John originated this this thought is that every band has a Mike Love, which is like the guy who apparently doesn't get to be called a genius but when you examine you look at the band and the work you realize like there couldn't have been a beach boys without mike well somebody actually wrote this uh book about um sort of the about uh director star uh partnerships Mm -hmm. like like collaborations which is like an interesting thing i mean like one thing about you know our collaboration is that we are often just functioning as the editor or sort of like the first not even edit, editor is like too big a word because it's much it's much more uh gingerly approached than like an editor actually has like you know sort of can can tell the the person what to do like but it's but there is like this sort of first audience thing about what we're doing and and then there's also like this i mean there's so many different dynamics in being you know when you're in a duo it's always just this crazy contrasting thing like whatever you know we might be exactly like on 90 percent of the stuff but whatever that 10 percent difference is is going to be the thing that defines us as being different like i think that the truth of it is there's a ton of aesthetic things that we are we completely are unified with um one another on and that is why it works like it's very easy for us to to sort of roll down the road and co- and it's not just because we're so damn cooperative because I don't think either of us are particularly actually cooperative at all. I think we're actually both really like super willful people right. with really big ideas about. Well, I think also you know, like even if you especially even if, even if you're on your own, I think you find <laughs> things to dis- disagree with yourself about. You know what I mean? Like there is there's always that you're like like yes no kind of feeling about. The voices about. in your head. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's, I mean, that's that's the other side of it too. Is you need somebody to tell you that you need to stop beating yourself up over over that thing, you know, or or to sort of push you to maybe put that thing out into the world, you know. I mean, that's in a lot of ways we're we're our own editors in that, you know, we uh, start beating yourself up. I think is also an under well, there, underappreciated. There's start there's start thing. beating yourself up. There's start beating yourself up, which I think plays into plans what you were talking about a little bit of like. You know, of, of actually being somebody's editor, but but also, um, I think there's just sort of like idea of like, oh yeah, I had this dumb thing. I don't think it's worth anything. You're right. Somebody else sort of. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> that's why we can't be in a band together. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, the, I think the strange thing about <clears throat> they might be giants as just a, a project in general is that you know we, uh, you know, we have found that in a way having all these small outlets for what we're doing is just an is a is a real invitation to do interesting work and it's like you know sure maybe if the stakes are really high like you'll come up with something 
you know, I mean, I feel like I feel like you know, Birdhouse as a as a sonic thing benefited from all the weird mm. Saturn V magic that like a major label deal could like pour into a song. Like we actually, there was a really good. De- I actually heard the demo of. Birdhouse in Your Soul mm-hmm. yesterday for the first time in many, many Which years. Which one? The, the, uh... It's the Dial-A-Song demo oh, okay. that's got a completely different set of verse words. Oh, wow. It was actually, I think, I'm pretty sure it was the thing that was presented to oh, oh, Clive right, and right, Alan. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, well, there were we'd two. simply put, it's not the super short one. Right. There was one where, because this is my memory, it's like there was the original demo which I think they'd heard, and then I put together this thing, which is like, oh shit, we got to make a nice, like, right, right. It's super official, shiny yeah. one, and and I, I I flipped the drum beat around, so instead of going, you know, snare kick, snare kick, it went kick, snare kick, snare, and these guys listened to it and they were like, you wrecked it, yeah, you, you ruined it, and and it was really interesting because I thought I was making it sound more like, you know, official, you yeah. know, like like, right. Um, Anyway, it's infinite, oh, well. It's infinitely less tricky than the sh- super short one, right? Right, um, right. In a lot of different ways, right? I mean, um, but um, I mean, I think ultimately, like working with those guys was a, was actually a great learning well, that, in it was that like, particular way. That I was, mean, that was really good because right. they, they were like, you 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 really want to take what's interesting about what you're doing and, and focus a- on that, amplify you're, it exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, a rare, it's a rare thing with a, a major label, at least in those days. It seems like. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll. Like, you know, we'll, we can wail on major labels sure. all day long, but like you know, it's or producers. But for them, yeah. to, but for them to actually just say, let's talk know. about some other producers. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, they were very creative producers, and everything. And I think you know the the fact that they had a ton of hit records is sort of testament to their their thing. I mean, they they were got they were really into eccentric sounds. Like I think their whole notion was that like a song has got to make like a really bold original statement, and that's like never. That's never a mistake. When you meet the producers, like it's really good when it sounds like something else. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's like the sort of stinking thing. Which you can hear on yeah. the on the radio all the time. Yeah, you know, and you know they get they get somewhere, but they don't really they don't really they don't really get everywhere. Um, but anyway, I mean, like I think you know some you know it's it was great to have that experience, and to a lot of people, maybe like just you know knocking it out of the park like that is like a, the only thing that matters. You know, I mean that that you know just. I mean, being there are a lot of people in the world who just want to be famous, you know. But if you, but if you, if you just want, if you want to make interesting work, it is sometimes it's kind of interesting to lower the bar. I guess that's the right. thing. It's like you know, for us, I think we find that if we actually just have a, like a good excuse to make more stuff, it's just like that's you know, we're gonna do some good. You know, we'll figure out a way yeah. to do some good. Well, stuff I, think, I mean, I think lots and lots of artists have this experience where they do something that's like a side project that totally lights their fire like yeah. like you know where they're like i'm just goofing around you know and then suddenly it's like i remember why i like music now like it's like you know this is this is the part i like not the not the big shiny part i, you, know? I you said something and i, I don't want to skip skip over this because i think this is this is pretty fundamental that you that that this 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 moment when you tried to make a in a sense, sort of a pop song that that appealed to the you know these these big producers. Um, that's when like you realize that your idea of what made a super popular yeah. song was 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 the complete opposite. And I think you know I think there's well usually there's something our, in yeah, that. Our usually our impulse was. 
good, which was we were like, we have no idea what people like. Yeah. You know, we're never going to figure it out. We're just going to do the thing we like. And if somebody likes that, then we're that's the best situation we could be in. Rather than do something, second guess other people, sure. but be but, successful for some reason, and then yeah. be stuck doing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. You know, what a nightmare. Um, the, ch- cha- the, dynamic certain, the dynamic changes when you get fans, right? When people are expecting something out of you. Asshole fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would change the dynamic. No, I, I mean when, you, when there's an audience, I'm, though, you get what yeah, I'm yeah, you want fans who like what sure. you like. You sure. want you want the fans to be you. Fa- but who's? Yeah. I mean, I'll just be contrarian. Like, who, who's got bad fans? I mean, nobody. I can't say that. I can't say their names. But, but <laughs> I mean, there's not a band in the world that has like, you know, there's no such thing as a bad. I mean, what's a bad fan? Well, this is. I mean, I would just without actually getting mean about other artists. Um, I think there is this idea that we've talked about, which is. People who are loved, or who sorry, who are liked by everybody, but loved by no one. You know, who who just have oh, those this. are very peculiar bands. You mean like, you mean like the Pointer Sisters, or I mean the Paul. Pointer Sisters. No, I didn't. I wasn't thinking of them. But I'm you, just saying, but, like you know, they had like a million hits on the radio. Yeah, yeah. But like like I don't think Somebody anybody's like, like, oh my god, I've got to see. Like I love the point or right, Heart. Right. I mean, things the Heart that are in think, the nineties, but, but often things that are sort of massively successful have that quality. I mean, they, they often do have a core following of obsessive people who really like them but then i would say you know there's other things you uh, you, there's a thing you have a sense about which is that there's stuff that is is just kind of tolerated by everybody (laughs) in a way like yeah unoffensive unoffensive unplug the microphones and say who you're thinking about i'm just i'm so trying at this point in the the members of they might be giants discussed bands that are liked by everyone but loved by no one. The contents of this discussion are now forever lost to history. Probably should wrap, but, but, uh, but I want to gossip more. Yeah, well, we can we can do that, but yeah. but we should finish the interview. I just I want to uh, yeah, since since we're out of time, I, I want to suggest like you know as as you guys push towards the end of the dial song, I think you guys should get as frantic as possible. I want to see some like bust it out, like turn it up to every day. Yeah, right. well, every day. or even like I just I want to get some like you know some like like live in the studio. I want to you know I want to see you guys write that final song right, in person. Right, right. Sweat right. Yeah. Right. No, the I last mean, song will be Year's, on yeah, New Year's Eve. Like, exactly. Have a big, like songwriting party. Yeah, it'll be a live improvisation. Yeah. We make up the song yeah. on the spot. Right. We did. We actually all did that. We, all you need is love. We did. Remember, we did a recording years and years ago where we just made up a song while while the tape was rolling. I'm surprised we haven't done more of that. That was actually really uh, a fun. Do you feel like just like after after doing this for 30 years that you've you've done everything at this point? That like I, I could mention some well, crazy luckily idea. Well, we're, and- we're forgetful, so so uh, you know we can do it again. No, there's much more to be done. There you go. That was episode 100. R A Y L. John Flansburg, John Linnell. They might be giants. Thank you so much to them for taking the time to do that. I know that they are extremely busy. They have they brought back the Dial a Song project. They were doing one song every single week for this entire year. So I'm glad that they set aside uh, a little bit of time to do that. Um, I should. I know I like to over-explain any sort of technical difficulties that we may have had during the show um, at the at the end of the show, and and this will be no different. Um, so I have this tape recorder that I plug microphones, two external microphones into, and that's made it difficult from time to time. Uh, for the most part, usually when I go out and do these interviews, it's me sitting down and talking to somebody one-on-one, but every once in a while, something will come up and I will have to interview multiple people. And I explain this to, 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 to John and John at the top of the interview by way of talking about 
the, uh, the Birthday Boys episode where I walked into a room and there was an entire sketch comedy troupe of uh, like seven or eight guys and they all had to share one microphone. Um, that's I think so. That's why there was a, that's why there was a little bit of a, a Birthday Boy mention there at the top of. They are fans, by the way. Birthday Boys, they might be giants are, are in fact fans of fans of your show. Uh, I explained this whole thing to them. They took it with stride to the point where they both just grabbed the microphone, um, and I kind of I kind of sat on the couch between the two of them and and, and, and took it from from Flansburg when I when I wanted to talk, which you know wasn't wasn't that often. These 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 guys are professionals, and I think it was for the best that um, that I I didn't have to be on the microphone that much. Uh, absolute pleasure speaking with them. Oh, and um, so you probably picked up on that weird thing that happened toward the end of the interview. That was an actual thing. Um, there was. Before the interview started, as they were eating their lunch, there was a little bit of smack talking happening, and it all came around full circle. Uh, by the end of the show, they actually both switched out their microphones to, to do a little bit of um, a little bit more band smack talking. I will not mention any of the bands that were mentioned here. We will consider this sort of, I guess, like the Nixon tapes. Those will be forever lost to history. Uh, but uh, thanks to, to Jesse for helping me patch up patch up that hole. Uh, thanks to Sarah at Girly Action for setting that one up. I've been hassling her for a very long time to, to get this interview. I wanted to get somebody who has been very near and dear, very near and dear to my heart, somebody who I've looked up to uh, over the years. I was trying to, I was thinking back to my formative years and the people who really influenced me, and I figured it was either going to be Ricky Henderson. Uh, I don't know how to get hold of Ricky Henderson. I don't know if he does interviews. I'm sure they're fascinating if he does. Um, uh, some sort of pr- probably obscure skateboarder from the early early to mid '90s, um, or speech from from Arrested Development. And now, as I'm saying this, I realize that it probably actually would have been pretty pretty easy to get speech so yeah, i don't know maybe that's something for you guys to look forward to for episode 200 of the show in in uh about uh, about two years or so hope you liked what you heard uh thanks everybody thank you so much for for listening to the show over the years uh, thanks to all the new listeners i know we're getting a bit of a push over at itunes and a couple of other places if this is your first time hearing the show i have some extremely good news for you there are 99 other episodes for you to listen to. Um, oh, and 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 you should you should listen to them all because it's we're sort of like we're like serial. It's, it's very important that you get the the overarching narrative from from episode one to episode 100 by the time that episode 101 rolls around uh, next week. And you can find all of those shows over at Rylcast tumblr.com um, and and it's 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 episode 100 week we put a lot of other exciting things over there uh, I asked uh, our, our wonderful producer Brian to pick uh, to pick his top episodes so he picked uh, 10 out of 100 and I've, I've done a little bit of right up there so if you you, you you haven't heard the show before that's a pretty good place to start uh, also we went back and asked all of our past guests to pick a song to, to you know as as in keeping with the title and kind of sort of the loose theme of the show uh, to, to recommend a song to people that, that they may not have ever heard so uh, we put together a Spotify playlist that you can find over on our Tumblr site um, it is <laughs> it's it's it, it, as as when you really think about it it's as you expect it's a completely insane thing to listen to there are a lot of really good songs in there there's some kind of uh, weird ones and taken all together it's probably one of the um, 
most uh, dissonant and aesthetically inconsistent inconsistent things you've ever heard in your entire life. So um, definitely worth definitely worth checking out over there. Uh, oh, episode ninety nine just went up. I put that up a couple of days ago. Uh, I, I took some scraps from from over the uh, over the last couple of years. I think there are four or five different episodes in total things that for various reasons which i explained in uh, thorough and very painful detail why they why they didn't make it into their own episodes but uh, those have all been weaved together uh through my uh, extremely rudimentary audio editing skills and put together into episode 99 dick gregory is over there uh the black lips are over there a lot of other fun things so check that out um as I mentioned, Brian, thanks, thanks as always to Brian for editing this thing together. Uh, thanks to Box Brown for doing the uh, for doing the the logo for the show way back when. Uh, thanks to uh, Mark and everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network for their help over the years. Thanks to Geneva for helping us start out in the beginning. Uh, thanks to you guys for for listening. If you have any feedback, it's rawildcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us over at iTunes. Like us on Facebook. That's a thing that you can do now. Uh, so many, so many different. I we don't ask for money uh, yet. <laughs> Maybe someday we will. In the meantime, there are a lot of other free ways that you can show us that you you like the show. Uh, if you did like it, good news. We haven't been canceled by iTunes. I don't know that iTunes has, actually has the authority to, to cancel anybody. Um, until we figure that out, though, we will continue to be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL.